Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're tuning in to the X-Factor Safety. I'm your host, Pedro Maciel. Here at the X-Factor Safety, we like to discuss industry topics, both safety and not safety. We dive into the daily lives of safety pros and various industry leaders, digging deep and finding out what their X-Factor is. Welcome back, everybody. I hope everybody's having a wonderful day. Today, we have an exciting guest, Miss Brittany Linhart. You see her. She is the work culture consultant. You see her all on LinkedIn. This is where I found her at. You know, some of her articles are to die for. Some good, good content. But I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. And thank you again so much for having me on the show. Um, again, like you said, I am your work culture consultant and he, we found each other because we have a mutual interest for cultures and his happens to be safety and really that aligns with any type of culture. Everyone should have a safety culture. So there's that. Yeah, yeah no. And, and how did you transition? Cause I know you were in the military, right? Yes. I was air force for eight years and I've been through various amount of cultures, good and bad, which has been a learning experience on on all accounts. I was uh, aircraft maintenance before, so we were heavy with, you know, safety culture. That's a really big deal. You know, you do something wrong, a pilot can die. So it's, it's very serious. Um, so I have that experience and I got into the contracting world and then did this entrepreneur route. So here we are now. No, that and that's, and that's awesome. I was also in the military. Thank you for your service. Um, you know, I was in the Navy on a submarine, so same thing applied. You know, you had to have a, a nice tight-knit culture to be able to make the boat go underwater safely and return, uh, you know, to the surface safely. Uh, yeah. So I get it. Um, being that you are in the work culture and more so on the leadership side, how did you get into that type of work? You know, granted, coming from the military background, but how did you actually get into what you do so I have always loved leadership it's like I've always you know had leaders in my career that I've looked up to that I was like man I want to be like that one day because they just they get the people going you know yeah (laughs) also seeing people in leadership positions do the complete opposite but you know it's always been an interest to me then long story short I went into college for uh, organizational management and leadership and it's just always been something that a subject matter that I really get excited about. And then I went to a Tony Robbins uh, seminar. Many of you have yes. probably heard of him, of course. Yes. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't subscribe. Like, I'm not a religious type. Oh, my God, everything Tony says is amazing. But I do love him. I got a lot out of that. And I was like, well, if all these other people can get rich and have their own thing and go into work happy every day doing what they love, why can't I? 
you know, and then that's really where that stemmed from. And I found the niche. I'm like, I am obsessed with work cultures. I know when a work culture is is good and positive, like you get such higher productivity out of people. So why aren't more people doing this? And so I made a career out of it. Nice, nice. Now, now to follow that up, how is the now, the COVID-19, the infamous COVID-19 affecting your consulting work right now? Unfortunately, uh, the negative side is I lost a client uh, and, you know, good vibes their way. You know, they're dealing with, you know, trying to stay afloat themselves at this point. And I completely understood it. You know, I'm there for them. I told them, you know, I'd be there for them. No money, you know, don't worry about that. You know, but if there's what you need, you know, I'll be there for you. But, you know, that, that sucked because honestly, frankly, you know, that was money out of my pocket. But... Um, all this free time I've had has really helped me be able to make really good content for, you know, trying to make really good content for LinkedIn and, um, you know, really focused on my services. And so all the free time has kind of helped me, you know, utilize that. Kind of narrow down, narrow down your craft and hone in on your craft. No, I, I get it. You know, having, I'm back to work finally reopening i'm in texas so it's you know getting the you know the baby steps but still being able to go out to a construction site making sure everything is in in order you know it it, it, you see you know the the brighter side of things the to all of this and i had a lot of thinking to do while i was out so and trying to produce all this content for you guys it definitely helps i liked your post earlier about the stop bullshitting the company slash customer. How did that idea and where did that talk stem from? Well, I've always been told I have a lot of candor and I feel like that kind of helps me with my content because it's, you know, kind of captivates people like, oh, what kind of shit is she talking today? Yeah. (laughs) But I, you know, I still talk about serious stuff that a lot of people don't like to talk about. And I've seen it so many times in the military and the civilian side that there's, you know, these all levels of a company where people just don't want to tell the truth about what's really going on. And it just hurts every single time. It's like, you know, insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Every time it ends up bad, stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it, it was good. And when I seen that popped up in my LinkedIn feed and I was like, you know, because I stay on LinkedIn, I, I seen it. And I was like, man, and then my Internet connection was bad and they didn't want to play. I'm like, damn it, I want to see this. I want to see what she has to say. So it was, it was definitely good. And it, and it true, you know, truly is. Tell the truth right off the bat. Even if something bad, tell the truth. That way you can work together with whatever leadership you have, whatever team that you have in your in your culture, excuse me, and you can figure it out and fix it, not fix it and then have to, you know, try to cover up all the lies that you've been telling up to the mishap. Right. Um, exactly. So I was reading some of your articles, you know, uh, a lot of them just give me motivation in the sense being a, a safety professional, somebody that's out on the front line with the guys to and, and look at, looked at as a leader, your, your articles are really, really, you know, I'm drawn to them, especially the ones. So let's talk about how you came up with the idea for the fake alphas in the workplace. That article, <laughs> that article is really good. And, and it's true, you know, but I'll let you explain it. Okay. Um, well, that was aircraft maintenance, like I was saying, and it was a male dominated uh, career field. And I, 
did a lot of like sitting back and assessing people. That's just who I am anyway. And I would always see the people that were fake alphas, people that who would literally claim to be the alpha or and whatnot. They were the same ones who were not. <laughs> they never were. They weren't the leaders. They weren't the people that the go tos. They were just the guys usually carrying around a gallon of water in pre workout. You know, just you know things like that. And it's like you are not an alpha, my guy. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, from a business sense. A lot of these, you know, there's people that you work with that just tend to be very domineering and like pushy and they feel like if they are abrasive enough, you're just going to listen. And that is, that's not what leaders do. So those to me are fake alphas. Those are not leaders. And that's where I like to differentiate between the two because, you know, people like to say the word, you know, oh, that person's a leader, but, and they're toxic. It's like, no, <laughs> you know, I pitches all the time on LinkedIn is that that person is in a leadership position. He is not, he or she is not a leader. That was the next article I was going to. How did, you know, and, and it, it's true. Somebody that's in a leadership position isn't always a leader. And it really boils down to your training, your compassion, your integrity as a, as a human being and having that same mindset with the people that you're leading. So one of the other ones, the culture vulture. The culture oh, the, vulture. Which one? The culture vulture. Oh, the culture vulture. Yes, I'm sorry. Our, my audio just kind of did some weird things. It spiked uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, culture vulture, I've seen people who they're just toxic people in general and they tend to find the negative and feed off of it and like it just infests all around them and that's you know where that came from like i just want people to see that and those are the people that need to leave you don't want those people you know there's going to be times in a company where it goes up and down that's inevitable but the people who you know make it worse by being a culture vulture they need to go you don't need that. <laughs> and, and, you know, you go into companies and help their work culture. Obviously, you're, you're more focused on the um, exec team and the higher ups, you know, because the leadership starts from the top down. Um, but how do you interact with some of the frontline supervisors and the actual personnel? Do you ever get into any interaction with, with those guys when you go to a client? Yes, I try to, you know, make that one of my options because, you know, it absolutely is from the top down. I have, you know, there's no point in even having a conversation if I don't have the top signed off on it. It would be, you know, a moot point. So uh, once I get the, the top signed off on things and I make them realize, you know, now, you know, you need to work on your frontline management. Like you have, this has to roll downhill in the best way. And so I do provide a leadership training uh, because so many companies I've noticed on the civilian side actually do not have any training for, you know, first time supervisors or managers. And I'm just like, this is not good. You yeah. know, so in the military, you know, like yeah. we all have, I had airman leadership school the Navy has their thing. Mm -hmm. We all have that initial training, like how to treat employees, how to deal with employees and such that they, the civilians absolutely need that as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and so when you, go to them and you say you have actual leadership training 
what do you start off with? I'm not trying to give all your, your, your secrets, your trade secrets, you know, for your consulting company, but just give us a little snippet of, you know, how you would start off, uh, say in a construction field or a manufacturing where it's, you know, a bunch of roughnecks and blue collar, you know, they, I've always done it this way. You know, how do you kick that off? I like to go straight into teaching about emotional intelligence. I'm a huge advocate for it. And I try to teach them the basics of what that is, because when they're dealing with their own coworkers or managers, they have to, you know, understand how they're speaking to people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's always like how you're speaking to people and understanding when people are acting a certain way, maybe it's because of something else has nothing to do with you. And it takes emotional intelligence to deal with things like that. And of course there's like a thousand levels to that, but I definitely start off with emotional intelligence because uh, blue collar or um, engineers or scientists, uh, (laughs) soft skills are maybe not as good as others sometimes. Yeah, no. And and, you know, the over analytics and overthinking and trying to, you know, get down to, like you said, like a scientist would get down to the science of why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. You know, it just could be you're just having a crappy day and, you know, you, you spent a lot of time in traffic and then you come to work and then your supervisor's over your shoulder and it just makes your day bad. So, right. uh, you know, coming from the I've lived both sides of came from the blue collar from the military. Uh, I've been a corporate safety director as well. So, it, it, it you know, you see the best of both worlds. And like you said, a lot of companies need the executive team needs to be in that all buy in of the work culture. You know, I would, you know, being being a, a corporate safety director, I would go into my exec team and being like, hey, we need to do this because it's going to boost morale. It's going to get everybody working. They're going to be more productive. Yeah, they were like, no, cost too much money. I'm like, really? Really? Right. It's like, you know. it's, it's um, you know, like preventative maintenance. Like, yes. as we know, blue collar workers, that's what you're doing. You're saving money in the long run by investing in your people in the beginning. And that number is minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very, very small when it comes to, to something like that. And so right now in the current time, COVID-19, you know, your quarantine what have you been doing to get ready for when businesses do start opening up and you can go, you know, hit the ground running and start, you know, reaching out and getting more business to to your business? I've been taking this time to find mentors because unfortunately, consulting is very cutthroat. Many people think that you're just trying to steal their IP and I've been just trying to, you know, find a mentor because I'm starting this rather recently so you know in the military we always had you know mentors that we you know mm-hmm. could look up to so i've been trying to use this time to to get some mentoring in so that i make the right moves going forward i've been winging it and doing my best i can thus far but i know that you know there's always other people to learn from and you should yeah so um preparing so a lot of networking pretty much is what i've been doing with my time nice Nice. So what have you done to ease your mind off of work? Okay. So you spend all your, you know, a lot of hours, you know, focusing on your craft and, you know, getting the mentorship and trying to hone in for when you do hit the ground running. But how do you take your mind off of work? What do you do outside of of that? 
thankfully I live in the desert <laughs> and I've been doing a lot of, like mountain biking or being with my horse, or my animals in nature. I just, I'd like to ground myself. I'm a hippie in that way, just being in nature and to just decompress. And like you said, not think about it. We all, I think we all, especially like you said, during this time need to just not think about the stresses that we have because, you know, serenity, there's some things you just have no control over. So you mm-hmm. might as well just go live your life a little bit. Yep. Oh, so you have horses, one horse, two horses. Just one. one. What kind of horse? Bar. I have an American uh, paint horse. She's beautiful. She's my wow. baby. Wow. But yeah, we like to go out right in the desert, so it's fun. Nice, nice. Um, you know, and, and that's great. You use that in nature to decompress. Me, I'm a gamer. I get on my Xbox and I play, you know, or I'll get on the computer and I started learning how to, how to code and how to use, you know, Illustrator. So awesome. it's just decompressing, taking all the stresses out of COVID-19 and everything that's been said. Now, granted, I'm back to work, which is good. Those are more added stresses, but they're good stresses because now huh, I can breathe a little bit and we can, you know. Yeah. So and, and, you know, I'm hoping that the rest of the country starts to open up slowly, but surely some of the hot spots, you know, California, New York are still, you know, kind of one in the, the summer months to come July. And, you know, people go a little crazy being quarantined. Um, what what do you do for mental health? Do you, do you do you have anything? Let me let me step back in regards to the leadership. Do you talk about any kind of mental health in regards to your leadership training? I, I do. I am so happy you brought that up because I feel that's a huge part of a good work culture. Like people hate the the word, you know, work-life balance, but whatever term people want to use, you know, that's important because people have to prevent burnout. So, you know, managers need to encourage, you know, good mental health for their people because, you know, that it's, it affects everything. You know, when your people are all down in the dumps, the morale is terrible, you know, this affects, and that's why I, I did this job. You know, I want people to come to work and be happy. You don't even have to be like happy, but just not miserable. Not just not hating the fact that you have to go into work every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I actually enjoy enjoy coming into work. And again, it, it, it starts I, I say it because I lived it. It starts from the top down. Once, you know, the the workers that are making you the money as a CEO, you should be on the front lines in a sense with them, asking them how they're doing, knowing everybody by first name and, and encouraging them and showing them you care. Just like on the safety side, you know, I go out to construction sites and that's the first thing I do for the first week I'm there. I'm obviously making sure everybody stays safe, but I'm building those relationships. I'm finding each and every person, knowing them by name and being able to, you know, tell them, hey, you know what? If you have a problem, come talk to me. That's awesome. More people need to be like you because there's too many, unfortunately, that are not. Yes, no, and, and you know, I didn't have, I had a couple of mentors when coming up through the ranks and I've been in safety for 10 years. Um, but it was not how it is and how it should be now. Back then it was like, okay, I'm telling you to do this, do it how I tell you to do it and get it done. Now it's, you know, and, and I've learned over the years and just recently the past, you know, two or three years, compassion goes a long way. Um, you know, being compassionate helps the work culture, helps on the safety side. You know, you you figure out what they're going through. You figure out what is 
actually being, you know, wrong in their heads, what's wrong. And, and if they tell you, great. If they don't, but they know that they have a friend to come talk to. Absolutely. So how... Empathy yeah, is important. It is, it is. And, you know, uh, I was going to ask the next question. How have you evolved as a leadership consultant from time of conception to thinking about doing it to now? Rejection. <laughs> Rejection uh, has been um, a humbling experience. Um, lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In a sense of leadership, you know, like, I guess I haven't had that many L's in my career previously. Mm-hmm. So you know, trying to get clients on board. It's, it's humbled me and made me realize that uh, there's things that I need to work on. And um, as from a leadership standpoint, I guess that's a good question. I'm trying to give you a better answer, but rejection has been a real, real, uh, it's helped me grow. It's helped me grow. So rejection has helped you grow. Now, and, and that's great. Again, it, it does. And, and, you know, a lot of people, they get rejected a couple of times and they're like, you know what? I'm quitting. That's it. I'm gonna give up. And you're not that way. You're using that as fuel to make you better. Again, hone in on your craft and learn, you know, learn from it to make you a better consultant, to give more value to the customers that you're dealing with. And I think that's awesome. So what was one of your hardest challenges that you faced as a consultant? There's the first step is self-awareness and trying to get a potential client to understand. Cause like I can go on Glassdoor, do a bunch of research on a company, not just Glassdoor, but like other research, but that for example, and you know, the company has like a 1.2 star and there's 50 reviews that are just proving the point as to there's issues there. And so trying to convey to them without offending them is a, it's a, have to finesse that gently (laughs) (laughs) um so that's that's been a challenge because you don't want to offend them and you want them to understand that what you're what i'm trying to provide is going to behoove them i'm not just trying to take their money and run i want what i'm giving you to actually work i don't even actually want to take on a client who's not going to listen to me i don't i don't want that i genuinely want to help so if you're going to pay me, let's all let it behoove you as well as my pocket. That, help, that helps too, you know? Right. Yeah. That's, it's been a challenge to get them to understand that they have a problem in the first place. It's like they know they do, but they don't want to admit, like you said, it comes from the top, top down. And then they have, so there's a lot of trying to make it their idea. You have to make it their idea. Right. And that's right. challenging. Got to plant that seed. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, but my work culture is crap. I need your help. Come help me. Here's a whole bunch of money. I'm not going to be involved, but I need you to fix my work culture. 
What do you say to that? We, we can do that, but I just need to make sure that you and your executive team are going to support me along the way. I have to have your support or else this is going to be wasted money for you. Like if you want this to work, so I would just be driving the point home that he, he or she has to care and has to support me along the way or it will not work. Will not. It's like trying to do a recipe without, you know, baking soda. It's going to be crap. <laughs> like you can't, it's a yeah. vital ingredients. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, my follow-up question, uh, answer to that, okay, well, that's what I'm paying you for. So fix my work culture and, you know, if I'm involved, that's great. If not, then, you know, you're going to fix it for me. What do you, what, what's your response? I can give you options in the proposal that, you know, leadership training, I can give you the tools that you need and I will, I can give you all that and we can do that. But at the end of the day, it's up to management's responsibility to implement this to ensure that it works. I, you can put me on a retainer and I continue to coach your management along the way. So I can, that's an option. <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. Those mm-hmm. of you listening out there, CEOs that are listening out there, wink, wink. You wink, can put wink. her on retainer. <laughs> no, and, and it's great to, you know, kind of give, you know, be that devil's advocate. And that's what we don't want to see out there. We don't need that in our industries. You know, you coming from a, a consulting standpoint uh, about work culture, me coming from a safety standpoint, that's about work culture. We don't need CEOs and management that are not going to be involved that don't care. And they're just like, you know, I didn't get rich caring. I got rich because, you know, it got handed to me or, you know, I made other people do stuff and I didn't really care. And my pockets were getting fat. That's not what we want. We need people and new CEOs and people that, you know, of supervision of executive level supervision to care. Absolutely. And that's why I love Richard Branson so much. He's a huge idol of mine because I actually have friends in the aviation community that like work Uh-oh. for him to the point that they would be working and all of a sudden they would look up and Richard Branson's just like this, literally just looking at him. And, the, and then he'll just be like, hi, how you doing? He literally goes and talks to his people. Uh, this guy is, we all know how rich he is mm-hmm. and he walks a walk. You know, he understands how important his culture is. Like, he, he's like Zap. You know, Zappos is known for that as well. Yep. They, an amazing culture, and it's because the top cares. And he realizes. I mean, all those amazing quotes that he has. It's you know, you have to care about your people, and then they'll care about your customers. But people first. Right. And so true. I mean, the proof is in the pudding there. And he will continue to always be successful and always be rich. You know that these people that be like you said. You know, they think they're rich, they got rich, and they didn't have to care about people. You won't stay rich doing that. No. Or, I don't know how you're going to look yourself in the mirror or answer to yourself at night, but, you know, like, you need to care about people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, any any CEO, any executive, you know, you are in the people business. That's what you do. You know, you have people that are below you that look up to you for guidance, for support, um, for a, a boost in morale when it's needed and you have to care if you don't care guess what you know they're gonna go find somewhere else where they are 
you know, cared for and, you know, they're showing compassion and probably you get more money over at the other company. And exactly. What, then what happens when everybody leaves? You go right, broke. Yeah. <laughs> and like with your construction, you know, like guys like to actually feel safe and they must have to go home to their families at night because they know that they have a company and management that cares about their health and safety. Yeah, definitely. So what future plans does the work culture consultant have here in the near future? Any any big plans, any big trips, any areas of the country that you want to get some business? Well, I'm in Vegas and I maybe I'm biased, but I feel like we got hit with the COVID situation, not from a sick wise hardest, but we got affected and hit the hardest in terms of business because we are the entertainment industry. You guys come to party here and the strip, people think it's just a strip, but you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people work at these casinos, these clubs, these everything. And that is most of our community. This is millions of people. And we said we're hit hard. And I feel like, you know, things, there's going to be a silver lining in all this COVID situation. And people are going to realize how important it is, hopefully, to, you know, have a good culture because a lot of people had to get laid off when maybe they didn't have to. And now companies are going to have to, you know, come back from that. People are not going to feel like companies are loyal. And so it's not like I'm trying to poach and use this to my advantage, but there's going to be opportunities that maybe present themselves now because people are going to realize like, wow, I have to worry about my retention. So maybe they'll reach out. Yeah, and we'll definitely blast this episode as much as we can two or three times so you get some business. Um, But with that, and funny story, and you said that you live in Vegas. I actually, me and my wife and and my four girls, we ended up taking a trip. You know, it was the middle of March when everything started to kind of shut down. Um, We were like, you know what? We're going to be in the car. It's just going to be us. We're going to take a a cross-country trip. Uh, so we were going to go to Vegas and we got to Flagstaff, Arizona the night before we were going to check into Trump Towers. So mm-hmm. I called Trump Towers just to make sure our reservation was still there. Everything was good. They're like, nope, uh, the governor closed the all the hotels in the strip. Uh, everybody is leaving and the city's going to be closed. I was like, what the hell? Really? Right. You know, yeah. I, I, mind you, I'm, you know, I was living in Atlanta at the time. So it was all the way across country that we were traveling and it just it hit hard and i was like oh man so then we stopped we got up and started traveling back home oh yeah never made it to vegas we never made it to vegas so i i look forward to getting out there and meeting the wife and yeah you know maybe we can you know you and your husband can come out with us and you know have a dinner have a couple drinks sounds good to me (laughs) (laughs) okay so what's your drink of choice Oh, Patron for me. I'm a bit bougie with my tequila taste. What? Patron. I can't do Patron. Patron definitely uh, had a bad experience when I was in the military and I can't do it anymore. It's just it's a no-go. Uh, I'm, I'm on a grown man's drink. Give me, you know, a high wall glass, two ice cubes, and some Johnny Walker double black. Noted. So, oh, yeah. Good. Um, so what advice would you give a younger you? Patience, my dear. <laughs> um, it's not a virtue of mine um you know i, I started this uh, venture uh, in october 
I actually still am a full-time um, contractor for the DOE on top of it. Um, but that financially fuels me for the other thing. And eventually I can do my thing full-time. And um, I just feel like, why isn't this going faster? How do I not have more clients? And then I we had this epiphany. I have such a hard sell. What I am trying, the service I am trying to provide is a very hard sell. So I just need to be patient, work on learning more about sales. And um, yes, so patience would be, I tell myself. There you go. No, and, and that that's good. And I know you have a podcast, right? And I, I've heard a couple episodes. Um, what is that like? What what are you looking for on your podcast? I know you're looking for, you know, the CEOs to come talk about their work culture. Um, so what is that like podcasting? It's It's been great. Um, I only have a few episodes out right now because I was more uh, personally, but I want to be more quality than quantity. And of course, I have, I have three lined up um, episodes right now, but COVID has kind of killed that for me a little bit. Um, so I'm just kind of waiting because I usually do them in person so I can, um, I wanted to start doing video of them mm-hmm. as well to be able to post on LinkedIn. Um, but I, I make sure to choose CEOs that genuinely already have an amazing work culture because, you know, they again walk to walk, talk to talk. And I, I can't interview someone who has a garbage work culture that would like go against my values you know, it wouldn't work out. But the reason I did the podcast is so that people could hear it from the horse's mouth. Yes, values matter. A vision matters. You know, my company as a CEO has been successful because I do care about my people. And so I just love interviewing people who are on the same page as me that have proof, you know, the proofs and put. Yeah, I'm not a CEO, but I definitely love to be on your show and talk about some safety work culture, if you would have me. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, I'm gonna, I need to expand. Mm-hmm. I, that's also something I've learned. I need to kind of maybe expand it a little bit. So yes. No, oh, and and again, you know that 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 that's your you know your niche down into what you do, and, and it's great. And that's you know that's where you start, and you know keep it coming. Quality, like you said, quality over quantity. I'm not pumping out a whole bunch of episodes of nothingness i i actually like to you know get people on the show that you know that have a purpose have a vision that i follow you know and and have that in a sense not the same mentality but like-mindedness in what we do and you know that's how it is mostly everybody's been a safety professional i had mayan gordon on my podcast early on and you know she's a tiktok influencer social media influencer and but the niche that I found with her was her, well, the glass, glass blowing business. So there were right. some safety aspects in that. And then the rest of the talk was just TikTok, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it's really good. And again, kudos to, to having that. What is the hardest part for you and your podcast? Is it the recording? Is it the post editing? What is it? Rob, it's finding it's finding the people that, you know, I would, you know, I would love to like get some Richard Branson in my life. <laughs> you know, I would just die happy if I could interview him. So uh, that's why, you know, maybe talking about expanding, maybe not just doing CEOs, mm-hmm. but yeah. So just trying to find quality CEOs um, has been, I don't want to say hard, but it's just like I had to try a lot harder to make sure who I'm interviewing is legitimate so that yeah. it doesn't look bad on me. Right. 
Um, oh, hey, that's good. That's good. And you know, I'll, I'll reach out to Mr. Branson and shoot him over your way and be like, "Oh, my boy, Blue." <laughs> Thank you. So, no, definitely. And, and, you know, usually, and I'm giving out the little secret, but it's not really a secret. If you go find somebody on LinkedIn, say you want to, you know, interview them, what I usually do, I follow their content. I friend, you know, I connect with them. I shoot them a text, say, hey, thanks for the connection. Um, and it's not, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? It's, you know, connect with them, like their stuff, see what they're about, and then reach out and say, hey, I think you'd be good on the podcast. And it's, it's worked out. Some people haven't responded. Some people say, no, I don't have time or the bandwidth to do it right now, but you know, maybe in the near future. And then, I, I, you know, by the grace of God, God is good. Um, people started reaching out to me saying, Hey, I would love to be on your show. That's and awesome. So I'm like, yes. And you know, so it's, you know, the snowball effect it starts off small and then, you know, it's just going to grow there, you know, from there. And I don't think I'm going to stop. I like doing what I do. People say that, you know, oh, you're a good host. You got a good radio voice. And I'm like, no, that's just the post editing. And You, know, you do. <laughs> no, you do. You, you interview well. Uh, it, 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 I've learned from a couple of, you know, mentors in the podcasting world. Uh, watched a lot of YouTube videos. So definitely YouTube has my, been my friend. Noted. Uh, you know, on LinkedIn, when you're on LinkedIn, what, what are you you know, scrolling for, what are you, what are you looking for in your feed? I've been loving some, some, some videos lately. Those are like, you know, I've learned, um, fun fact that, you know, people's, uh, attention span is starting to get as close to a goldfish. That's actually like science. And so, um, captivating people, uh, quickly is, is good. So those videos, if they have a good, um, caption that's important yeah. but i'm just i guess content i'm looking for is leadership i just love everything i eat it up just eat it up <laughs> you know just like stories i hear yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah you got to make the sound <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> eat it up no and, and that's good you know me i i have a whole bunch you know all kinds of, of different walks of life that pop up on the feed from podcasting to safety to leadership to uh, you know, even some of the workers, you know, and what they're posting, what they're actually doing. Uh, so it, it's good to get get a little bit of everything. And then, you know, again, like people say, you might see a, a crazy comment on something or, you know, you don't like it. It's easy. Scroll up. Keep scrolling up. Just, just, scroll, just, just, just skip <laughs> it. And and it's and it, it, it crazy, you know, the world that we're in, that we're in. And, you know, social media plays a big, big part in our lives now back when i was growing up i didn't care saturday morning cartoons and i was out in the street until the street lights came on you know mm -hmm. but now it's you know phone and do i look good for this picture and how's the lighting and you know is this post going to get enough views or enough likes and uh, i'm still you know I, I post stuff on linkedin sparingly unless i'm promoting the podcast and or i'm liking something but Again, it has to make sense. It, I'm not doing it for the views. I'm doing it for me. Right. It's it's a it's a balance for sure. Because I've been using it as free marketing, you know, for myself. But like from what I've seen, a lot of people they're like, you know, you don't have to post every day to still be effective. And that's what I think I'm more so going to start doing recently because I've been trying to pump out stuff every day. 
what you know not the same thing but like different varieties of content and it's exhausting but yeah hopefully the roi will be worth it yes <laughs> but it is not yes no and, and you know i I'm, I'm a big fan of gary vaynerchuk uh, mm-hmm. He he definitely you know some of the stuff that he says and you know some of the things in his book. Put out the content, just put it out. I, I got a slide deck that you know shows how to make you know x amount of pieces of content, you know in in a day, and it's you know doing that and then putting yourself on a schedule and figuring it out, and then you narrow down your content strategy on how it, it's supposed to be put out, what videos are going to go where, when, and. So right. haven't got to the videos yet. Still sticking with the podcast and it's going okay. It's going great. <laughs> um, so last question before, you know, we let you go. I know you, it's nice and 5 o'clock over there in Las Vegas. It's seven o'clock here in Texas. What is your X factor? X factor as in, I want what? to make sure answer this right. <laughs> What makes you unique? What makes you you and stand out? Ah, yes. I feel, you know, what makes me, differentiates me from other people in this field is is my candor. I'm here to give you results. So I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And I feel I'm a little spicy. And I like, I'm not just bullying. I'm not just a normal business person that is super monotone. Like I'm, I'm going to, I want to bring life into what I do. And so you're going to get the full me with the corks and all. And I feel, um, and, and that will help other people feel more personable. It's going to bring more people in because they can feel at ease with me and not so uptight. So I'm hoping that uh, is my X factor. <laughs> nice, nice. Brittany, again, thank you for taking the time out and, you know, being available to be on the show. We, I know we had talked early, early on this year, January, I think it was, and we were trying to get something. And then, you know, I guess our schedules didn't work out. You were, you know, working a lot and I was working a lot and then COVID hit and then, you know, but granted now, you know, it gave us the opportunity to be able to, to have this talk and, you know, such a great talk. And again, I just want to thank you for, for coming out and taking the time. Thank you. Appreciate no, it. Love no, it. not a problem. Not a problem. So let everybody know where they can reach you at. Where where they can where can they find you? Where can they hit you up at? You know, maybe they want to. Some CEOs are listening. Uh, I know a couple of CEOs that might be listening. You know, your CEO friends. She's going to give you your information. Reach out to her. She's good at what she does. Thank you. You can find me at workcultureconsultant.com or you can find me on LinkedIn, Brittany Lenhart, and I will. I'm the redhead that pops up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was weird when I, you know, first seen your, your, you know, some coming across your content, um, you know, and I was like, Whoa, red hair. Okay. So I clicked on it <laughs> and then I seen, you know, what, what you were doing and what you were about. And it was, it was great. And, you know, I've been following you ever since liking all your content. So again, work culture consultant.com Brittany Linhart on LinkedIn Hit her up, send over a direct message, get some business to her. If you're, you know, your culture's struggling, you need help reviving, bringing back that life. Once you guys start opening up again, uh, you know, again, Brittany, thank you for being on the show. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I know our listeners are going to like this. They're going to like to get to know you, the CEOs that are listening. I hope, you know, this was given, 
you know, a, a, a better view of work culture and, you know, what we're about and what Brittany has to offer and bring you to bring to the table. So again, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. Listeners, y'all know what it is. Again, till next time, we'll see you later. Well, we're at the end of our show. We want to thank you for lending us your ears for just a little bit. We hope that you were able to get a bit of value out of this episode. We would love to hear from you. So go check us out on the website, dxfactorsafety.com. Send us an email to xfactorsafety at gmail.com. You can also give us a call or send us a text to that X Factor hotline at 434-381-0723. If you have any thoughts or ideas for the show or would like to be featured on the show, reach out and we'll make it happen. So before I go, ask yourself one question. What is your X Factor? Until next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.